Hello everyone, this is Tommy Shakur Ross, one of the producers on Uncuffed. I'm coming to you with this short and urgent message. We really need your help. When I was incarcerated at San Quentin, I learned how to make radio and podcasts from the Uncuffed Training Program, which is funded by the California Arts Council. But we just got word that they're suddenly canceling funding offers, which means that starting September 1st, we've lost all our funding for the programs at Solano and San Quentin that bring you uncuffed. We know that we'll find a way to make it through. We always do, but we need financial support to continue our training and make episodes like this one. Please take a second to go online to weareuncuffed.org to make a tax deductible donation. A huge thank you to everyone who has given through the program already. And thanks to all of you for listening and for being a part of the Uncuff family. K-A-L-W. Welcome back to Uncuffed. This is the host you love the most, Tom Tran, coming out of the San Quentin side of America. We got a lot of smiling faces in the room. Lots of smiling faces. I see Greg nodding your head. Let's go right. Greg, introduce yourself. Yeah, this is Greg Eskers down in the studio again, ready to get uncuffed with the fellas as always. Mm-hmm. It's Tommy Shakur Ross, uncuffing with the crew. Oh. Yeah. yeah. This is Edmund Richardson. I'm just loving the energy right now. I love y'all. <laughs> y'all put a, a big smile on my face, so I appreciate y'all, man. Absolutely. I'm excited, man. I'm loving the energy too, man. We're here today because Greg, the great, the golden Greg Eskridge has brought something more to us. Greg, tell us what it is. I brought Darren and Steve down to the studio, two older white gentlemen, Mm -hmm. to talk about some surprise letters that they recently received, right? Mm. Recently? How recent are we talking? So we're talking about COVID outbreak recent. Mm. So letters during COVID that they received. So Shakur, yes, can you sir. tell me? Can you tell me a little bit about what the situation was like during COVID and why letters is so particularly important? Well, when the outbreak initially occurred, and we were slammed, and to be honest with you, I didn't. It felt like I didn't know when we were going to come off. Right? All I all I knew was that I had my TV. I was able to look at the news, and it felt awesome just to be able to receive like word from the outside through through letters because we weren't able to initially get phone calls. So for me, just being able to stay in contact with my people via letter writing was was huge for me. It helped me, you know, mentally mm. to get through the, the pandemic. Because mm-hmm. I know for me, San Quentin hasn't been on a lockdown in a long time before mm. the before the pandemic. And so honestly, I got used to, you know getting on the phone or sending cards. I got kind of lazy with the letter writing. And so letter writing was like one of the main things I did throughout the day. All we had was letters. Mm. Pretty much. Right. That was the brightest part of the day when the CO would stop by your cell and drop that piece of mail on your bars. Yeah. Ooh wee. But what about when what about when he when he when he slows down like he's gonna stop, but then he keeps moving. Oh come on. Why are you traumatizing me right now, man? (laughs) Man, hey, that's, that's the crazy. worst. When you think you get the you get hit with the pump fake, yeah. like he's like, uh, uh, wrong sale, wrong yeah, sale. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. You hey, know man. I've been in here. I ain't got nothing going for me. 
I mean, it, it was crazy during the pandemic. Yeah. And I say that because I got so much mail that I had to prioritize people to write back. Okay, I wish I was that popular. So I, so I loved it. It was cool. We wasn't getting on the phones at the time. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had, sometimes you just have to pick one letter you're going to write to that yeah. day. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to our fans. Shout out to the family and friends. Shout yeah. out to all the to, the to the loyal friends and family out there that was writing your loved ones during this pandemic. Because let me tell you, that thing matters. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, we needed that. I needed that, for real. Yeah. I think the only thing I got besides COVID during the pandemic was Carpal Tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From writing so many dang letters. Yeah. I love that we can still laugh about it, though. Like, it, it was a hard moment. And I, I think that's why I really love this story we're about to listen to, because it really captures what was going on, especially through the lens of keeping in contact with the people we love. So what brought about this story? What made you want to go do this? So during the lockdown of 2020, during the pandemic, you know, there were so many heartbreaking stories about death, people getting infected with COVID. Mm. And it was just so much going on here in San Quentin. There was just so much sadness, right? And so I was thinking to myself, I said, man, I wonder if I can find something happy that came out of this, this pandemic, something pleasant, something that wasn't so gloomy, right? Mm. And so I went on the search. I said, okay, I'm going to go find somebody to see if somebody got some good news during the pandemic. So I ran across Steve and Darren, and both of them were like, man, you know, I got letters during the pandemic that were a surprise from their family members. I don't want to spoil it. Don't tell the folks nothing more. Y'all just going to have to listen. No How bias. about we just go to the piece? Yeah. How's that sound, Let's y'all? Let's get into yeah. it. Let's go to the piece then. Let's go Push to the play. piece. I have a half-brother who I have, who I saw when he was eight weeks old. You know, I held him in my arms. I, I fed him. I changed him. Now, now he's six foot tall and weighs almost 200 pounds. A lot bigger now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been 51 years. A little over a year ago, I get a letter from him. And it was the biggest surprise I've ever experienced in my life. So for me, it wasn't as quite as long as it was for you. It was 20 years. The last time I seen my son was in 2001. He was three years old. And here we are 20 years later. He's now 24 with a fiance and a child of his own. His fiance contacted my sister. My sister, my sister sent me a JPay letter, email, telling me that here's your son's address and his phone number. Contact him. Uh, JPay has set up a email account for our family members, but there's a machine here in San Quentin that when they type in their message, it comes out in letter form here and then it's delivered to us in our regular mail. You, you don't even want to open them. You just want to leave them sit there. Maybe you have your celly open them when he comes back. <laughs> so if there is any bad news, he can slowly break it to you. Uh, but this was a beautiful thing. This was something that was just fantastic because my son all of a sudden wants to have something to do with me. He, like me, sitting in COVID restriction, is thinking about his dad. Oh, there's an outbreak in San Quentin. All these people just died. My dad's in San Quentin. I wonder how my dad's doing. So his anxiety went up because he doesn't want to miss an opportunity to find out who his old man is. That's just, 
I, I can only imagine what he was going through and, and thinking about that because I wasn't at San Quentin when the outbreak hit here. I was still at Solano. But that was all we heard about over and over and over again. In my case, when I got the letter, it wasn't a JPay letter. It was regular U.S. mail. Snail mail. Snail mail. And I initially thought, okay, he's never written. Uh, do I want to open this and find out? I don't ever want to hear from you again. Don't try to, don't, don't send me any more Christmas cards. I'm not going to write back. Um, and it was that sort of thing. So I was really leery about opening that letter. But then to open it up and see this opening of his heart, basically, inviting me in. Right. And I think that's what you got when, when you heard from your son. Exactly. What was that first conversation like? <laughs> so when I got this JP email, my first thought was to write back, yeah. even though there's a phone number there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I was so afraid of talking to him and then maybe hearing something like, you know, wait, that here comes the other foot. Yeah. Or, or the, the one when we make a phone call and your call has not been accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Both of those. Yeah. But a friend of mine said, don't wuss out. Your son sent you his phone number. Go call him. Don't snail mail it. And I went and called him and it turns out he was more apprehensive than I was. Now, I did something really stupid and I abandoned my family 20 years ago to come to prison. Let's, let's face that. But we all do stupid things all day. You don't have to be in prison to do stupid things. No. And my son did a couple of stupid things with his grandmother. And he thought I would hold that against him. That's between him and his grandmother. What are the, some of the other things that you and your son have either discussed or written to each other? We're just learning about everything and what he has done in the, in the last 20 years that, you know, graduating high school. I didn't graduate high school, but he stuck to it, even though he didn't have a mom and dad there to make him go to school. So he's got a, a wherewithal to get things done. But it's the tone of his voice that gets me every time I talk to him because he sounds so much like me. But I hear his mom. And his mom is my uh, junior high school sweetheart. Oh, wow. So we go all the way back to when we were teenagers. And so his mom was always very, very special to me. And every time I talk to him, I hear his mom. That's so, so cool. It, it's like each conversation you learn a little bit more or you share a little bit more. Yes. Or he asks more from you. And I think the same thing with the letters. You know, each time I learn more about my brother. The only thing is I wish phone calls were a little bit longer. Uh, yeah. I've got to share something. When I got that first letter, if, if I can share this, this, something that really hit me, this, this is what he wrote to me. He says, as I age... I see things through a different lens. I spent a lot of time in recent years reflecting on my life and my family. I've become saddened by the fact that this was not how life was supposed to be. A brother whom I have never met. A family estranged. I feel bad for my children that they were not able to know their grandparents, their aunts, or their uncle. When he wrote that... Chokes you up? Yeah. I mean, I thought that... I thought that they threw me away because of what I did that put myself in prison. My sister has never wanted to have anything to do with me since I fell. So to have the, one of the two 
half-brothers. Make that statement and make that desire to want to bring his kids to get to know who I am. Steve, I want to thank you for sharing that because I know how emotional and how powerful that was. Thank you. Thank you. I, I never thought that I would feel that way over a letter. And to have it actually put down in black and white was just the most... I, it, it, it still hits me when I think about it, when I talk about it. And I'm glad he reached out to you. And I'm glad your sons reached out to you. Me too. So we just heard the piece, man. It was both uplifting and sad. It made me feel a whole lot of emotions. Greg, I see you nodding your head right now. Like, this was your piece, man. So how are you feeling just hearing the story again? It was just nice. It, it was nice to hear that, you know, after so much time elapsed from the last time they heard from their loved ones, that they were able to get back in contact with them. You know, mm -hmm. as, as somebody who spent significant amount of time in prison, I know how important it is to, to stay in contact with people. And so just to have these people uh, come back into your life, you know, it, it was amazing. Like I, like, I really, like, felt, like, genuine joy for both of them. Yeah. You know, especially to, Steve, for to hear Steve talk about he thought his family, you know, gave, him, gave up on him, threw him away. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's powerful because I know a lot of us in, in you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of us, not only lifers, but a lot of people in prison in general mm. sometimes feel that way. You know, we definitely feel feel that isolation and that separation from our families. And sometimes we wonder, like, man, like, uh, like, do people really still care? Mm. You know, but then to get to get a letter out of the blue, like that was just so beautiful to see, man. So, you know, Shakur, I know you've been you've done a lot of time and I know you've had some uh some people popping in, into your life though. So what do you think about the significance of just people just popping up like that, you know, that that support? What I really appreciate about this story is to be able to reconnect with his son, mm. like during the pandemic. Yeah. And uh, when they when he unpacked that particular aspect, like, and then then the COVID hit, so now his son is like having fear or anxiety about what's going on with his dad, and possibly wondering if they're ever going to really develop, you know, a relationship because. Yeah. Essentially, it just they they hadn't they didn't know each other, right? Mm. So I think that for me, the fact that he was able to connect with his son under these conditions, I think that that was huge. Yeah, this Greg, um, I still love I still write love write letters, right? Yeah, you know I still like getting out my paper, getting out my folder, getting out my pen. And I turned the paper like slightly to the right. Like, Ooh, I wouldn't write straight. On. And so then once you get to the, once you turn the page straight, all the letters look like they're slanted, right? Ooh. You know, okay. real, hey, real nice. Hold on, man. This is extra and, fly right here. And what if you make a mistake? What would you do? Oh, it was over. I'm tearing it up to start <laughs> oh, over. Man. Yeah. Oh, man. You <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Fighting, right? Because look, because my thing is this. We in prison. Yeah. We got... 
a time. lot of time to sit down <laughs> and write a letter. First of all, we got we got time to write a letter. Like how many people in the world are really actually writing letters, right? Yeah. So we don't have no excuse. As busy as we are and down here, you know, working and all the stuff we do, we still have time. Do you put smell good on the letter? Just look at it here, smell man. Smell good. Let Tell me, me what smell man, good me, is, man. first of all. What's the smell <laughs> good, Shakol? Yeah. Well, you know, like like we have these oils that, that we're allowed to get. Yeah, the know? scented oils. Yeah, scented oils. And, you know, they come in a little four-ounce bottle or ounce bottle. And, you know, you, I, I've used it before. So I'm just curious yeah, you to rub know. rub a little smell good on your letters? Make it, give it a little cologne. Yeah. And okay. Look, yeah. Look, look okay, at let's see. Okay, hold on, Greg. Let me take some notes. So, first of all... I dip the Q-tip, just the tip of the tip inside the oil. Yeah. And I take every, like every page, like, right? I go and I go around every page of the letter. Every edge of it. Every edge of it, right? And then I go to the bottom of the envelope. Okay. And put it like, put a streak across the bottom. Okay. You know what I mean? Just so the envelope and everything can smell, right? And this, and this <laughs> hey, is look, an art form. Hey, this is, man, 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 this is a science. This, man, this is serious <laughs> stuff, man. Right this is serious, you know? Jesus. And so then after I put the letter in there, you know, the last thing I do before I seal it up, you kiss it. I kiss the letter. Uh, <laughs> and drop and that ba- drop that baby off in the mailbox. <laughs> oh, hey, Shakur knew too, because Shakur do the same thing. And man, I'm curious, you kiss the letter too right after you write it? No, I do not. Why not, man? You look I'm like I'm sorry. Maybe I need to add that to my rep- repertoire. <laughs> repertoire. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He doesn't yet. <laughs> All right. He doesn't yet. No, I'm loving this, man. Hey, I'm, I'm loving this convo. I'm loving this convo. I'm loving the energy. All right, man. I want to ask y'all, man, not just during COVID, but just in general, like what was the most meaningful letter you ever got? I see some head scratching right now. Edmund is confident. He already know what it is. He off the rip. He's like, I know. So Friday, I'm getting married. Whoa. And that whole, this whole relationship started from a letter. Wow. So, okay, tell he, us he more. So, so when did you get this letter? It was January 2020. So, so my boy, Maserati, he paroled. The girl that he was dating, his friend, wanted a pen pal. And Maserati E gave her my address. And she wrote me. Wow. Shout out Maserati. The first card that I sent her was... A Valentine's Day card. Right. And and it was of Mickey and Minnie Mouse. And like Mickey was flirting with Minnie. Mickey okay. and Minnie. And I, I forget what I put in there, but I asked her to be my Valentine. Ooh. Oh. Um, romantic. Did you, did you do the three boxes? Yes, no, maybe? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn. Casanova. I wish Casanova. I wish I would have. Um, so months go by, the pandemic happens. Mm. She writes back. Ask how I'm doing. And it's history ever since. I wrote her every day. Okay. So, like, y'all talking about letter writing processes. Like, we have, like, a little word processor. We call it a Neo. And I type all my letters before I handwrite them. So, this was, like, the process every day. Three, four pages every day. Trans- can, transcribing. If you see my writing right now, this is how I got good. That's why my handwriting looks so good right now. <laughs> writing her recently, every day. Wow! Yeah. No, hey, this is fact. So, this is factual, y'all. Because I remember every time I stopped by Edmund's cell, he was writing a letter. I was like, "You still writing letters? You've been writing letters for five weeks now. You still writing letters?" He's like, "I write every single day." I was like, "That's commitment, brother." Could Shout you tell out. he was in love? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so even like recently, heart, she was like, "I miss, shaped. I miss you writing me." Oh. I'm like, do you know how hard it is to write a letter? Do you know my process? 
Like I just don't wake up and Flow. just have the words to say and like my penmanship is just on point. Like there's there's a whole process without the cologne or the smell good. <laughs> see, you know what I'm saying? That's, see, that's the see, see, that's, that's the thing <laughs> about the Hey, but that's the thing about letter writing, like when you're on lockdown. See, normally when you're not on lockdown, you get a chance to go to work, go to school. Right. Get involved in a bunch of groups or whatever you may do, right? So you don't really have a lot of lot time to really sit on the right. But on lockdown, that's right. all you have to do mm. all day is just sit down and write. You can write like 10, 12 page letters. Whoa. Hey, shout I want to say congratulations on, on a wedding. Man. Right. Shout I out, brother. It. Hey man, not too many people can write a letter and get a wife out of it. So shout <laughs> yeah. out, my brother. I don't know what you've been writing in them letters, yeah. but you got some skills, uh, boy. That said, man, I want to give a major shout out to Greg for doing this story. Yeah. Right? I want to shout out to to the two characters, Steve and Darren. It was fascinating. I'm yeah. super happy Great for story. them. Right? And I want to shout out to all of our family members out there that took the time to hurt their wrists and write his letters, too. That's what's up. Yeah, truly, man. I want to say this, Greg, in closing, I want to say, man, yeah, shout out to uh, Darren and Steve. Great job. I'm, I'm happy for you, happy for them. Uh, the last time I talked to both of them, they were still in contact with their family members. Everything is still going strong and smooth. Uh, I think they're even getting in contact with even more people. So that's so that's great to hear. Um but yeah, man, just shout out to my family, friends, everybody that's been rocking with me all these years, my new friends, new pen pals, people that just pop up, people that just care, man. You know, mm. we may, you know, we're in isolation, you know, we're in a we're in a part of a, a part of society, man, that it's a dark place. Mm. But you know, one thing, one thing that's for certain that uh that can always penetrate these prison walls are uh is love. Yeah. <clears throat> love and true friendship, man, you know, uh seep through the walls somehow, some way. I love that. That's yeah. Hey, I just gotta, I just gotta yeah. give a shout out to all the people who have been writing me for the thirty six point eight years I've wow. been locked up. I just want to say thank you to everyone who who have written me. I can't remember all the people that have written me. I will always remember you, and I'm I'm so grateful. I think the big takeaway for me is like don't wait for something to happen to reach out to somebody that you love. True. Don't let anything. Like, any small situation, conflict, like, keep you from, like, growing in that relationship. So, thank you again, Greg. Excellent story. I love y'all. Edmund, checking out. Absolutely. Let's check out, y'all. Uncuffed. Checking out. Yep, yep, yep. I'm out. Now, I know y'all heard Edmund talk about getting married. Yes, this is true. And you are all invited. That's coming up in this season of Uncuffed. The Uncuffed crew at San Quentin Prison is Tommy Shakur Ross, Edmund Richardson, Tyne Tran, and me, Greg Eskridge. Thanks to the team at KALW Public Radio, Nina Gensler-Debs, Angela Johnston, Sonia Paul, James Rollins, Andrew Stelzer, Ben Trefney, Eli Workchafter, and our sound designer, Eric Maserati E. Abercrombie. Our theme music is by David Jossie, the Swedish phenom. And thanks to the staff at San Quentin Prison 
who make this possible. Mr. Skylar Brown, Ms. Madeline Tenney, and Lieutenant Sam Robinson, who approved this episode. We fact-checked everything to the best of our ability. Uncuff gets support from the California Arts Council and the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. Thanks for listening. <laughs>